We're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. And, um, you know, when you go to the doctor, go to the hospital, generally they're going to tell you first what's wrong. And it's not because they're mean, nasty people that want to throw it in your face and make you feel bad about yourself. You understand that. Amen. You understand that, hey, I'm here because I've got a problem. I need that problem addressed, and I'm here to get the help I need. And then when you start talking about the problem, I understand it's in the context of getting well. Amen. I'm going to talk about some sin, going to talk about some struggles that people have. Amen. Sometimes Christians have. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand, and I hope you do, that I really I want you to have help. I want you to do better. Because sometimes it breaks my heart. I know there's judgmental people that make themselves, you know, insecure people feel better when they can look at somebody and say, ah, look at you, you're worse, I'm better. That's so, such a waste of time. But it breaks my heart when people, you don't realize, Brother Mike was talking about the free gift of God. You can enjoy this. And there's things that are robbing you, they're holding you back. Things that are robbing from you. The thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy, you can love the life you're living. Not just survive, not just exist. You can be blessed. Somebody was talking about the peace of God today. What a blessing it is to live your life knowing you've got peace in your mind and in your heart. I hope God can help somebody here. If you'll let Him, He will. We've got 1 Corinthians 6. Say amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the peace that we feel in this house. We thank you for the help that you've already given us. Lord, I know there's battles here. I know there's struggles here. And Lord, it's time to get victory, God. It's time to overcome some of this, Lord. And just help us to do better, Lord. Help us to be able to just have the victory that we need in our hearts and in our minds, God. And Lord, that you would minister. You would, Lord, help me to deliver your word with your heart. God, help us to receive it. Help us to, Lord, to just get every bit of it for for your glory, for your honor, Lord. We love you so much. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I know there's this idea that, well, nobody's righteous. We're all just sinners. Well, let's look at what God does with sinners that will turn to Him. Let's read it again. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. It's basically saying sin is going to keep you out of heaven. But look what he says. And such, what do you mean? Sinners. 
Amen. Such were some of you. It's not that the grace of God says you're still living in and practicing those sins. But that's what you were. But ye are washed. Thank God He washes us. This idea that the grace of God is a blindfold over God's eyes that says, okay, I don't see your sin any longer. It's a lie. He washes us. Sin is not your friend, it's your enemy. God's got a better plan for your life than sin. God loves you too much to hide His eyes from your sin. He wants to help you be free from your sin. But ye, such were some of you, amen, but ye are washed, ye are sanctified, you're cleansed and made holy, amen, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. God bless you. You can be seated. We come to God. Not because, hear this now, well, I'm going to come to church because I, I got some things straightened and in order now, and I'm not going to come uh, and, uh, no, no, God's the one that straightens and puts things in order. Amen. Amen. I've made enough of a mess in my life trying to work things out. I just need to come and fall at the feet of Jesus. I need to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. i got to acknowledge that. Amen. You don't come to God and say, I'm a pretty good person. You don't come to God and say, I'm a lot better than a lot of folks I know. A lot of those hypocrites. Yeah, there's those hypocrites. I understand that. But we come to God helpless and hopeless. Come to God. It's hard for for people that think they're okay, think they're righteous to get anywhere with God. We need to come to God and say, you know what, no matter how good I feel like I am, I'm lost. I'm a sinner. And I need God. You know, you read through this list, there's going to be some things there you can say, oh yeah, those folks need God. <laughs> those people, oh yeah, that's sin. But a lot of times you read lists like that, you read them and say, oh yeah, that's awful. Oh, how'd that get in there? And now you're looking in the mirror. Amen. Now you're looking at yourself. What will happen? Listen, when we fall at the feet of Jesus and we say, God, I, I'm tired of the life that I'm living. I, I need you. I want to know that I'm on my way to heaven. I want to know that my, my, my sins have been paid for, that they've been forgiven, and that I'm your child now. He'll make a way for you. He'll wash you. He wants to have mercy on you. He wants to. He delights in mercy. He, he's, he, he's excited about showing mercy. We talked about this morning with the lost sheep and the lost coin and, and the lost son. Rejoicing in heaven over the fact that someone who is lost is now found. Someone is now a child of the King. Hallelujah. We understand that there's been great, and by great I mean big, <laughs> crusades across the country. Uh... For years and years of people just making a decision for Jesus, saying, I'm going to accept Jesus. The Bible says, turn to him, repent, turn away from an old life. God wants to wash you. God wants to change you. God wants to set you free. 
the idea that somehow you can hold on to the world. The Bible says to love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The gospel is a dying to the old and turning from it and to turn to Jesus. Amen. You'll see it even in the book of Revelation. You'll see where uh, that, that symbolism of John hears a voice like a trumpet. You know what you got to do to hear Jesus? You turn. Amen. you got to turn away from what you're already focused on and turn your life and focus on Him. Repent of your sins. Hallelujah. Be sorry that your life was going in the wrong direction and say, God, my way is the wrong direction. Your way is the right direction. You're so much greater than I am. I'm going to trust you that your will is right. And God's going to cleanse you. First John tells us if we confess our sins, there's no booth that you've got to confess them to me. Talking about telling God. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a process that begins to happen. Say, oh, I'm not saved by my works. Absolutely, you're saved by the works of Jesus. But if you'll read the verses that are so often quoted in Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 and 9, it's not our works. We can't boast. It's not our goodness. No way. But it goes on in verse 10 and says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto, unto good works. See, the exciting thing that I can tell you is God is so much better than your sin. If you really are looking to Him, if you're really relying on Him, you're going to want to get as far away from sin. I'm not saying you're not tempted, but you're going to see that God is so much better than the sin that you were relying on and committing. And what He'll do is cleanse you. He'll wash you. He will do so much more than what we even expect sometimes. That's why we need to, we need to know our Bibles. We need to look at it because this cleansing, sometimes there's generally some things in our lives. We say, you know what, I'm anxious to get rid of this. It's caused me enough trouble. It's caused me enough harm. It's hurt me. It's hurt others that I care about. God, I'm tired of this sin. Many times people come to an altar because they're tired of sin. They don't want that sin. They're asking God to break the chains. They're asking God, I've tried and I've tried, but I need you. Will you take it out of my life? There's some things that even disgust you. Amen. You disappoint yourself. But there's other things sometimes that we're saying, God, I'm not so sure I want to get rid of this. I'm not so sure I'm done with this. Some things that maybe you don't think about that that God's saying, I've got something better for you. Sometimes there's things generally that in my experience that just seem like they go. Seem like God just just does a work. And there's some other things God sometimes has to wrestle with us a little bit. Amen. Come on, give that to me. Trust me. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it. I've got something better for you. Amen. Sometimes we're wrestling with it. Sometimes we, it's harder for some of us to let go of some things. But if you surrender your life to God, 
really want God's will, God's best in your life, you're not going to make excuses for it. God will start washing you. Start cleansing you. Whether you think it's important or not, or not he, he, the way you talk is going to change. Amen. The, your attitude is going to change. Yeah, no, your lifestyle is going to change. Amen. God's going to just change your whole identity. He's going to sanctify you. Bible says we're sanctified. That says made holy. Kind of talked a little bit about this morning, maybe understanding how Jesus had something that the world, those that were considered sinners by just the general public, they, they saw something they didn't have. This idea that we've got to be, can I say, relevant or relatable, somehow conformed. We've got to use the lingo. We've got to be a little filthy. Hello? We've got to be a little conformed to this world. We gotta sh- no, we've got something better. We've got something that is, that is life. And, and I believe people that are sick and tired of sin are going to see that. Amen. Don't have a message that says you could have sin and Jesus too. We have a message that says, I got something better than sin. I don't need a little bit of it. I don't need to mix it with Jesus. I don't need to dilute Jesus with the world. Hallelujah. I've got something awesome. Got something that broke chains. Got something that gave life. Got something that put joy unspeakable and full of glory in my life. Amen. God will work in our lives and... and uh, Give us so much better. What you got to recognize, though, is we're still in, you know, in the driver's seat. God, we still have to make those choices. We still have to look at our life, and there's going to be temptation. God gives what what God does gives us the strength to overcome temptation. There's going to be times where the enemy is going to try to trip you up and snare you. You're going to feel a tug towards sin. That doesn't mean that something's wrong. Temptation is still going to be tempting. Amen. You're going to have to make right choices. The difference is God's going to give you the strength to be able to consistently make those choices. On your good days and on your bad days. Amen. I can do real good on my good days. But when I felt like everything was against me, that's when I had a hard time choosing the right thing. But the power of God will give you the ability to keep on choosing right. And we're accountable for our choices. You chose to be in the house of God today. You chose to come worship. Amen. That's a good choice. You could have done a whole lot of things. Can I tell you? It's a choice not to come to church. Say, I don't have to. I don't really feel like that's that important. That's a choice. You're going to have to stand before God and say, see, in in my life, something that really clicked with me a long time ago, I don't know that anybody ever preached it to me, but I realized I want to choose not what's convenient, not what's easiest, not what I'm in the mood for. I want to choose to, to do my best to keep getting closer to God. And I realize every time I want to do better, there's going to be a hundred reasons that I can be satisfied. Amen? Feel okay with how I'm doing right now. But every time I come to the house and I don't give my all and don't worship God with all my heart, I made a choice. 
Amen. Every time I come and I pray and I put my heart into that, say, God, I want to be real and I'm going to focus my attention, that's a choice. Amen. If I allow things to get in the way and I say, God, I feel like my walk with you is good enough that I really don't have to focus in your word today. Give my all to you today. That's my choice. What's exciting to me is now I've got help that's greater than my strength. Greater than all my excuses. When you're in love with God, you you choose to express that love through being at just a living sacrifice. That every decision you make, I'm bombarded with a bunch of temptations that say, you don't have to do all that. But if I really want to express my love for God and my my reliance on God, I'm going to choose to to do the best I can and make the best choices and rely on God to help me do that. Amen. Hey, that's the power of God. Can I tell you, just spend a little bit of time here tonight. It's a simple message, but we turn to Romans 8. Um, a lot of stuff that people can look at your life and say, wow, there's been a change. Is so important. But sometimes there's things going on that God wants to change that's beneath the surface that's going on in church. Romans 8 verse 6 says, To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity. It's in opposition. It's it's opposed. It's against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. You know, you can fit into a church setting and have a carnal mind. And that's not God's best for you. I want to say to somebody here today that the changes that God has made in your life are just absolutely incredible. But God wants to change your mind. God wants to put better thinking inside of you because as a man thinks in his heart, that's how he is. That's who he is. There can be some evidence in your life and I'm not refuting it's from God. God's changed some things. But that old carnal thinking holds you back. Changes that happen of things we're dwelling on, things we're, we're mulling over throughout the day, even in church. When God would be working through you and helping you and breaking chains or helping you break other chains. And there you are, maybe hands lifted up, singing the songs of victory, but inside you're bound in a carnal mind. You're thinking about who is this guy think he is next to me shouting, what a hypocrite. Amen. Or, oh, I'd really like to help somebody, but you know, I think somebody else would be thinking that I'm the hypocrite, and I don't want that. It's a carnal mind. has nothing to do with spiritual mind. Amen. Judging others of their intentions rather than saying, God, help them. Amen. We have to make a choice to control those kind of thoughts and get them in subjection to us. 
Amen. Because it'll affect your attitude. Amen. It'll affect your attitude. And when you've got a bad attitude, you push people away from Jesus. And that's going to be a problem. If you have an attitude problem, it's because your mind is not focused on the kingdom of God. It's not a spiritual mind. And you will offend people. Amen. Say, well, I'm just weak. You've got to make a choice. You are accountable for that. Sometimes I struggle. Some, I got that carnal man. I got that. The fact that you recognize that is awesome. Now what are we going to do about it? How are we going to change that? How are we going? We can't afford to offend people or hurt people's feelings. We don't want that. We want. We love the kingdom of God. We want to. We want to see souls saved. We want to see people blessed. We want to see people encouraged. Oh, I'm going to be careful. You need to be better and careful. You need to be spiritual. Amen. Because it will affect your attitude. You know, we read that that passage in First Corinthians six about. About all those sins. And then he goes on in the next verse that all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. That's 1 Corinthians six twelve. but I already read it. So if you keep on turning there, I've already got it done. But you can jot it down for later. See, he goes on and says, hey, this is sin. This is fornication. This is adultery. This is... Uh, this is uh, uh, homosexuality. This is uh, your, your gender confusion, being effeminate. This all that. Oh, it's sin. But then the Christian who's washed and sanctified says, there's some things that maybe nobody else is going to say, you're going to hell, boy, for that. But it's not helpful. And that can come down to just our attitude and the way we're focusing on things. I believe. Spending time, unadulterated, honest, humble time in the presence of a loving, caring Father. Spending time in His Spirit. It's going to affect how you think. Amen. It's, it's going to draw you to more. Spending time in His Word. Recognizing all the promises, the exceeding precious promises, whereby we are partakers of the divine nature. It's going to affect your mind. The less time you spend watching foolishness on your phone, pulling you into carnality rather than spirituality, it's going to affect you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You say, oh, I can't eat a big bowl of chili before I go to bed. I'll be a mess all night long. But look at the stuff you put in your spirit while you're sitting there in bed. Whoo, Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I'm not worried about how it's going to affect my spiritual man. Amen. Garbage in, garbage out. It will affect you. I'm stronger than that. I've got more. No, 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 no. You, you feed your spiritual man that, it's going to weaken you. That's right. Our minds. We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves. What kind of, what's going on inside? Praise the Lord. I, I believe, let me say it again, spending time in the presence of God. There's just something that God loves you. And you, you get around that love and you get around that, that mercy. And you get spend time knowing that he's, he, he's good and he's there and he's patient. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you grow up in the, thing, the way you perceive others and the world and yourself. It's going to affect you. 
And, and let me say again, the stuff that you're watching, it, it's, it's got an agenda. It's got an agenda to bring you into carnal kind of thinking. It tell you that your worth is in how you look. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. I mean, people getting older and, and, and other people, you know, not us. You know, they're so caught up in just, just trying to still be glamorous and trying to be just so much that their values are more just superficial and rather than having godly character and, and, and trying to, to outdo other people. And it's just, you'd think after so many years, you'd have some wisdom to say that that really doesn't amount to a whole lot, does it? But yet, that's what they're feeding themselves with constantly, looking at, oh, look at what they bought. Look at what they have. Look at this celebrity. Oh, I want to be just, come on. But uh, even though we spend time, and God, God needs to, God will change some things. But sometimes we're just in a rut. We're in a, in a practice. We're in a habit of, of just focusing on things that are unhealthy. Ungodly, they're carnal. It's it's and it will hold you back. Help us, Lord. First Peter five. We're familiar with this. I'm sure we read it. We'll quote it fairly often. And you know, it's written in a way that it's a process. It's something that's continuing. First Peter five verse seven says, "Casting all your care upon Him." For he careth for you. So that's what I'm saying. That that caring for you, when you just surround yourself with all that love and all that care, it'll affect you. But I've got to get in a habit. I've got to get in in a habit of making a choice to not dwell on the care, on the worry, on the anxiety. But I've got to choose to let go of that. I've got to choose to give that to God. Say, oh, I just wish it came naturally. It will. So when we get over there. (laughs) So let's do our best now so we don't have to get victory by passing away or something like that. Casting your care. Casting all your care upon Him. You don't have to focus on things you can't control. You don't have to worry about things that you can't do anything about anyway except worry. Cast that on God. Let go of it. Say, well, there might be a problem. Worrying about it never helped a problem. Faith says, I'm going to just let God help me deal with whatever one day at a time. Praise the Lord. Anxiety, worry... Fears, you got to choose to say no to that. I'm not going to let that get in my mind and in my heart and allow it to affect my attitude. You're not going to have the joy, the peace of God. You got to pray and say, God, help me get in a habit. Get in a, in a, in a, just learn how to, to let go of some things. Learn how to say, it's not helping me to stay up at night. God, you stay up at night. It's not helping me to focus on problems that I can't do anything about. 
you think about it and think about it and then think about it and it drives you crazy. I'm telling you, it is a proven fact that will hurt your health. It sure will hurt your testimony. Help us, God, to cast all our cares on Him. Child of God, you know, we've heard all this preaching. We've heard it over, you know, worry is faith in reverse. <laughs> Worrying is is really practical atheism. Forget God is God. I've got so, you know, amen. I've heard all the different ways of saying it, but yet why do we still continue to worry so much? I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm not talking about being careless. I'm talking about making every step. If you can just take every step with carefulness and then say, God, I did my best. And if I made a mistake, I'm sorry. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to try harder next time. Just like everybody else does. Amen. You've got to make a choice to say, God, I don't want worry to be a part of my personality. I don't want it to be something. That's, it's a problem. It's a problem with Christians. It's got to be more. It's got to be more than just shouting on a superficial level, but inside just so worried about what's happening in our lives. It's going to have to just let God be, be in control. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. I, something I feel like we fight so much in, in, in good folks. Because, you know, a lot of times in church, well, just about, about wherever you go, I'm sure. But, you know, people around the house of God, we've been hurt. Amen. We come to church and we're happy people and God's good to us, but we've been through some things. And sometimes hurt people, it's hard for us to to really ever trust again. And sometimes, no matter how good God's been to us, no matter how good people have been to us, we still have this suspicion. We're worried. We're thinking the worst of people. Choose to... And it is a choice. We jump to conclusions. What they meant by that. Why they didn't do it this way. Why they chose to do that. And you know, it, it blows my mind sometimes to, to know that people have seen in, in my life or in other people's lives. We've made choices to minister, to serve. Things that have been a burden. Things that have been a cost to us. But yet... Immediately when somebody doesn't understand a choice or decision that's made, all of a sudden they, they stayed up all night to try to do something against me. Come on. Picking on me. Don't care about me. Listen. Praise God. This church is here with people who are flawed. Amen. But when you have a mind that consistently thinks the worst of people, you need healing. You need healing. You need to realize that that will affect your attitude. When you can't let the body of Christ just minister to you and realize that sometimes in a lot of things it's not all about you or me. It's about doing our best to glorify God. Amen. Uh, somebody... Uh, Outside of church, I reached out to on Thanksgiving and, and just this afternoon. They said, I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you. Just 
I, I didn't tell you, but I've been going through some things. I said, I'm not fragile. I didn't take that personal. Amen. I'm praying for you. Praise the Lord. You've got a life. just want to check on you. Say, how you doing? Their world doesn't revolve around me. Amen. And sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes people do the best they can and do it different than what I would do it. I don't take that personally. Your opinion about something. Amen. The fact that you like something I don't like. You know, you can, this is the thing that shouldn't be in church. We love people. We're different parts of the body. To be suspicious has been, has, has been the downfall of a lot of people. Thoughts. I remember many years ago, a discussion I had with Brother Ricky Adams, and he said, Brother Flosser, the mind is such a fertile place. The devil just drop a thought in. Yeah, I know why they did that. It happened to, to some folks that David tried to show kindness to. We preached about it a while ago. David tried to show kindness to a man, and somebody said, oh, you know what he's doing? He's spying on you. Before the end of the story, there was a massacre just because of a stupid little seed of suspicion. Have you been there? Have you done? I'm sure you have. You try to be kind to somebody and they're broken. They're hurting. They've been through some things. And you just try to show some kindness. And for some reason, they kind of bear the claws and their fangs at you. What? God help us to choose when your thought is. Negative. When your thought is somebody's out to get you, somebody's got this got a problem with you. What are they thinking about you? This is going to really wreck some people, but they might not be thinking of you. Oh, you know what they're thinking of me? They probably don't spend that much time thinking about you. Amen. Oh, I know. You think they figured you all out? Probably have better things to do with their time. They think they know all about me and they don't know me. You're right. Why are you thinking about what they might be thinking about? Hallelujah. Oh, they, they, no, they probably aren't thinking that much about you. Don't worry about it. If somebody is that petty that they got nothing better to do that with their life and try to, try to work on your nerves, you don't need to waste your time worrying about them. You need to feel sorry for them. You know what they were probably thinking when I was trying to pray for somebody and worship God or, or, or tell somebody what I felt like God put on my heart? If you're worried about that, you'll never get anything done in the kingdom of God. Listen to me now. Make a choice. Make a choice. Stop that. Let it go. Change your mind and start saying, God, that's not my business. Hello? It's not my business. What are they thinking? Don't, don't, you're not the ruler over men's minds. <laughs> the one who is can take care of you. Don't choose to think. Choose, let me say it this way. Choose to think the best. Give people the benefit of the doubt and don't jump to conclusions. I want to end on one other thought. Just kind of getting practical right now. Life can be very difficult. You're going to face some trials. There's nothing in this Bible that says you're not going to get hit hard. That's one thing that I want to be so, so honest with you about. There's nothing that says because you're a child of God that it doesn't mean that you're not going to... Hey, Jesus was betrayed. Amen. Jesus was denied. 
he was lied about. Amen. There's no manner, uh, there's no amount of prayer, of faithfulness that's, that guarantees an easy path. And discouragement, it's in there. Despair and dealing with, with, with the, the, the hurt and the loss and the grief. Jesus was a man who was acquainted with grief. Man of sorrow. That, that's, it's in there. We understand that. God's, God's people, the men and women of, uh, of the body of Christ, recognize that, that, that there's disappointment, there's hurt, there's battles in there. But we don't have to be in despair. We don't have to be depressed, hopeless, and helpless. We have God. When you are in those places where it, you're feeling that hurt, that, that sadness, God can help direct your mind in hope and not hopelessness. He can help direct not only your mind, but your words. And how you speak through those times. Then I'm not going to... Listen, I'm going to make a choice that's against the temptation in my mind to allow my attitude and allow my, 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 my thoughts and my life to con- go in a direction. To isolate myself? No, I can't do that. It's easy to do. No, I'm going to reach out. I'm going to make a choice to get the help that I need. Get the choice, make a choice to, to, to get somebody to pray for me or just, praise God, just tell me something funny or something. <laughs> but I'm not going to be, let myself be isolated. I'm not going to allow my, myself to make the wrong choices. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. He'll lead you to people that can strengthen you and help you. Sometimes tell you something you don't really want to hear, but you know you need it. I always respect there's people every now and then. And over the years, there's not been many. But people that say, listen, I, I'm going through it. And I know what I need to do. But I'm coming to you to tell me what I know I need to hear. Because I'm really struggling with doing what I need to do. And I need somebody to tell me the truth. Amen. God bless you for it. Because everything in you is going to look for that, that pity me. Feel sorry for me. But God will help you grow strength and be blessed and help. But he, he knows how to wrap his arms around you too. And a good friend will strengthen and help you and comfort you. Amen. Not allow you to wallow in self-pity, but help you get up and, and see that there is hope. Thoughts of hopelessness. You can have victory over that. Amen. Thoughts of depression. Thoughts that are lies. You're not worthless. Did God tell you you're worthless? Did God tell you that there's no hope? Did God tell you? He didn't say it would be easy, but but He'll put a line there that the devil can't cross. And when things start working on you and telling you, your, your thoughts are saying it's never been good, it never will be good. That's the enemy, and he's a liar. 
Everything's always been bad. It's it's never a hope. Nobody ever gets better. It's a lie. Don't dwell on that. Don't speak it. Don't look for somebody else to agree. I need a friend that will tell me, you're right. Everything does stink. (laughs) No. You need to make a choice to say, no, that's not true. That's a lie. The devil's a liar. It's tough, but God's going to help me. I've had tough times. God's brought me through. He's going to bring me through this. The thoughts that will bind you, don't play with them. Say, well, I'll probably get better later. No, fight it. Fight it. Learn how to fight these kind of thoughts. Learn it. That's what the Bible talks about, casting down imaginations. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We've got an overactive imagination sometime in the wrong direction. Amen. We're thinking about hopelessness, thinking about all the things people are thinking about or, or, or worrying about things we can't control. We've got to cast down those imaginations. That's a choice. You've got to take that and cast it down and choose to worship God. Choose to hold on to the promises of God. Choose to think on things that are pure and true and right. Amen. You've got to make that choice. To control that thought, that mind of yours. Because God's going to change that. God's going to change your mind. But there's going to be a battle. And you've got to learn how to make a choice. Say, okay, devil, yeah, I see how you're fighting me. I've been down this. I see it coming. This is, this is where, after a while, you ought to be able to see this coming. It shouldn't be a part of your personality. It's something that you've done this before. I see it coming. I, I know what to do. I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to get a hold of some verses that I know are the truth, and this is a lie. Or I'm going to get reinforcements. i got some folks on speed dial. Pray for me. Oh, I don't want people to think, there you go again. If I tell them I'm battling, they might think, you know what, grow up. It's time to realize we battle too. You're not, they're not all that that you have to worry about every, your reputation. We're in this together, and we got to fight with one another, not against one another, to win. Amen. And if we can go ahead and say, you know what, hallelujah, think what you want, I need help, I'm going to respect you for that. Amen. And your friends are going to respect you for that. Let me tell you something about your friends. They already knew you weren't all that. They loved you in spite of that. Amen. Oh, I'm going to let them down. Done it already before. You have. And I've done it to you. It's the truth. Amen. Oh, if I, if I run to that altar, if I ask for help, people are going to think, what, you're human, you're weak, you need help? And what in the Bible says any of that is wrong? Help us, Lord. God's going to change our minds. What's going to happen is you're going to learn how to fight these things. You're going to learn how to do better. You're going to learn how to not get caught up in these traps to where it affects your attitude Amen. Some people get in this and it's days or even weeks that they don't get victory over it. It's time that we recognize what the enemy's trying to do in our minds and start getting stronger in those battles. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like I said, I God wants to help you. Not waste so much time. You, you could be enjoying the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. Not spending your time dwelling on all these things the enemy's trying to tell you 
I'm so mad at the devil for trying to rob people of the blessings of being a child of God. So sick of the devil making them feel like this is just the way they have to live. Bound up. Down on yourself. Secluded from other people because they just so always scheming against you. Come on. Come on. Love people and let them love you. You're not perfect. People know that. They still love you. They're going to make mistakes. You've made mistakes. It's going to be all right. It's what a family does. Families deal with these things. You love people and it covers a multitude of sins. You know how imperfect your family is. You love them. You're patient with them. You forgive. You forbear. That's the family of God. But in your mind, you can be so worried, so suspicious, so depressed. When you ought to be shining for the kingdom of God. I'm praying for you. praying that God will help that battle in your mind. Just break those chains. I'm not saying you're not going to have those thoughts come in your mind. You're going to. Going to have foolish things, intrusive thoughts that come in and try to tell you who you are. The devil's always going to be doing cast it down. Cast it down. Fight the battle. And overcome. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to God. God help us. Draw near to us, God. Draw near. Draw near to us, God. Help us, Lord, with this battle. When we're in the battle, it's when you need to have that strength in your heart and in your mind. Things are going contrary. It's when your mind starts getting overactive. God help us. Cast down every imagination, every high thing. 
that exalts itself against what you've told us, God, your truth. in your presence. Bring health and healing. Bring strength to our to our minds, God. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind, God. The devil's held you back for too long. The devil's bound you in your thoughts. The worries, the fears, the suspicions, even the depression. It's time to break those chains. It's time to learn how to fight those kind of thoughts. Lord, fill us. Fill us. You stay filled up with the Spirit of God. You stay filled up with Him and His Word. Don't give any room. The darkness... There's going to be battles. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to go our way. A lot of times, it's going to be storms and battles. Paul said, be a good cheer. Help us, Lord, to be a good cheer. Hallelujah. Let's all stand, Father. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you, Lord. It's just been another great day. Lord, in your house, God, thank you again for your kindness, your help. Lord, praying that you would help us, Lord, that we'd consider, Lord, throughout the days to come, Lord, to, that, Lord, your spirit, your word be in our minds, and, Lord, to give us victory over all the unclean things that would come against us. Lord, hallelujah, that we can have a, a testimony, an attitude of joy, of peace. Lord, I pray you bless each one now, God. Help us, Lord, to keep our hearts, our minds on you. Stayed on you, God. Bless each one, I pray. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. And I pray, Lord, shine through us this week, God. We'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church. I'm praying for you.